Hi, hi. So I just got out of the gym after a very long time of not going to the gym. And it was amazing. It's incredible. Jet Melorif ever will come in. Come to me, Jet. Also, I wish I still wanted to get out of تعرفت وقتها على بنات كثير كثير مرتبة طبعا حكيت مع كل بنات بقدر احكي معها <تصفيق> كنت هناك مع يوهانس كثير كثير love the guy such a long time وكثير حلو هيك بس تكون حوالين حدا بجد فاهمك يعني you can be whatever you are and it's fine you know that you have a bro who is egoless and just But, you know, of course he has his own insecurities and we've talked about them. But it's just nice that we're just both so relaxed and so good. And then we got, uh, I want to order a watermelon. I ordered a, I ordered a watermelon in a bottle of uh, soda water. So, so it's an interesting trip, so the trip with a lot of ups and downs and with work and everything, you know, it's just like over there I arrived with such fresh energy, it's like when you travel you're so ready to keep doing and doing and doing and uh, I was barely sleeping, you know, I slept 3-4 hours a night and I was getting up and being like, whoa, I'm in Athens, I should be outside doing anything, you know, and I would just go out. The first night we slept, Johannes woke up like super early. 1013 or 16 kilometer run. I just uh, stayed in bed a bit and then woke up and just went uh, out for a walk. Um, so it's nice. Like it was really calm, really nice. I didn't drink any alcohol for the last almost four months. So on my birthday, I was having a glass of wine with Johannes. In a way, I was really present for that wine, and in another way, I really wasn't. Because my mind was preoccupied with some girl, girl's number that I took, and I was, you know, texting her. And she was telling me to go to her balcony, because her she's traveling with her grandparents, and I she can't leave. <laughs> they won't let her leave. She's American, and I was like so Casanova on that, you know, like telling her, uh, if you throw me like bed sheets from the balcony, you know, I'll climb and and hold you and come to you. It's like I'm I'm really going uh, going hard with being uh, over-romanticized with these texts, uh, right? Um, she was so into it. It's insane. Such a stupid girl, to be honest. Uh, <laughs> so then I had that wine with Johannes, and it was lovely. We actually talked to two girls for a while, and they were going to join us for wine, and then they were like eating hot dogs. Really cute girls, uh, classy too. But then uh, we had such a great interaction, but they left... They're like, since we can't sit with you in the restaurant to eat our, burger, our hot dogs, we'll go eat them and come back. And they never came back, which is a shame. I think it would have been nice to have sat down with them. Then the next day, because Johannes was on his run and he needed to shower and he needed to blah, blah, blah. And he came back and then we had breakfast and he went on a nap and I went and roamed the city by myself. And then we came back and we went to the Acropolis Museum. In the Acropolis Museum, it's not so, so nice, Acropolis, I don't, I don't even know what Acropolis stands for or means, it's like this area where there were so many, uh, like up top, like, I don't know, to be honest, I, I really just don't know. I think it was uh, just where a lot of culture was, I'd say a lot of statues, a lot of things uh, made. And it wasn't so nice, but the architecture of the building was really nice. They reconstructed art and statues based off of paintings of the statues and pieces that they found and scavenged, you know, 2,000 years is a long time. And Persians came in and destroyed a lot. So it's fine. Uh, but uh, we really befriended these French girls and then we, there is, the Acropolis has an underground level under the building where there was just a lot of uh, just carvings into the ground itself, and I think it was just the water system. I'm not exactly sure even that. It wasn't so impressive. But we, our ticket was supposed to let us inside, but it didn't let us inside. And the security guard was, like, a bit far, turned, like, looking at us. 
and then uh, I was telling Johannes like shit the guard is looking at us and we're trying our tickets and it's not working we asked some people and they're like your ticket should work and I was, we were like fuck we would jump you know if, if the guard wasn't right there and we're just trying our tickets we're trying our tickets and then out of nowhere Johannes looks at me he's like the guard has turned around I look up and I see the guard turned around and immediately both of us at the same time hold the rails and jump over the rails which isn't a big jump, it's like waist high. So we held with both hands and, you know, put our legs forward. Uh, so my, I was wearing slippers, so uh, my slippers slapped the ground like, <laughs> like a strong, <laughs> and then Johannes had his sunglasses and his t-shirt and his sunglasses fell on the floor, you know, and he pulled out his sunglasses and like we both walked like super casually continuing, you know. Uh, without even looking at the guard and then talking and everything. And then, like, later, the guard turned around and I noticed he saw us and he didn't bother. We talked to the French girls a bit and then we were like, okay, let's leave. Wasn't so impressive and we left. Uh, and then I noticed the guard came closer and I noticed that he was wearing earphones in his ear. He was listening to music, which is why, which explains why he didn't hear us. So I told Johannes, like, uh, now I know why he didn't hear us look at his ear. And then we walked out. So I walked out and I remembered I have my bag. And I need to go get my bag from the wardrobe where you leave stuff. And I uh, was going there and I, when I was passing, a gorgeous woman just st said bye to someone, gave her a hug. And said, I have to go quickly to the bathroom. And then she ran. Uh in the same direction of the garden robe. So I ran after her and took that left with her to the bathroom. I was like, excuse me, excuse me. And in my head, in my head beforehand, like I was going through a lot in my head, like the idea of approaching someone, what it means to approach someone, how everyone you approach, you approach differently, uh, depending on their energy, also your energy in comparison to theirs. You don't approach everyone the same way. Uh, some people need more finesse, some people need more alertness, abruptness, some people don't deserve your time for a second. And you need to somehow be aware of that. I ordered gorillas, I ordered watermelon and water, and I think it's going to arrive before I do. <laughs> so, so I just looked at her and the, the, the thing that did come out of me is, wow, I think, I think you're really pretty, you know, and I scratched my head behind my, my my head, you know, my hand behind my head, and uh, she just gave me such a genuine thank you, you know, and uh, we talked, and I told her about myself a bit, you know, Palestinian, Berlin, writing, uh, working, and she told me a bit about herself, how she's writing her thesis, she, was, she had her thesis to submit in like three days, and uh, she still met me the day after, you know. Which is incredible, incredible, incredible growth. Uh, but this is it, like in Germany, approaching like that, telling someone they're pretty, coming in with that, it's, it hasn't been working. It hasn't, I haven't been getting good responses with that at all. And I think it's just like this tough uh, facade that Berlin has, where people overvalue themselves based off of their sexual, whatever the fuck it is. But in Greece, there's so much, there's another type of openness and femininity that I loved, you know? Girls were generally fitter and hotter and uh, cuter, great proportions. I was walking with uh, this, this girl, her name is Georgia. Um, maybe I shouldn't say her name, but uh, I don't know. And I was walking, I was walking with her, holding her hand. And she asks Johannes, Johannes came to see us. It was an incredible night. Johannes came to see us and he, she asked like, oh, what did you, what uh, caught your eye in Athens? And he immediately, just very casually says, oh, the woman, <laughs> the women are gorgeous. Uh, but just how she buzzed, how she vibrated, even when I saw her run towards the bathroom was different, like really real. And when we had, uh, we went out together after me and Johannes went to, went to like a beach together without sunscreen and we got burnt. And it was like in the corner of, corner of Greece, corner of Athens, fucking nowhere. Neither of us complained, we both just chilled. And it was a nice view, but I think how we 
vacation is going to upgrade for sure in the future. But it felt so nice, like, ch chilling with her and then hanging out with her and Johannes as well and then with her alone, you know, as I walked her home. But I see, like, it's so interesting that I got to see her because I got, I heard so many no's, so many rejections, you know, even on my birthday night drinking wine with Johannes, slowly listening and seeing how wine affects us and how it uh, sort of impairs you, it limits you, it takes away from your sharpness and your direction, you know, you're more dulled out for sure. It's fine, we both agreed, like, it's fine to be dulled out when the context is all right, like, you're having dinner with friends and it's all right, or uh, you're having a drink with a girl like I did the next day, you know, just us, so it's fine to to let yourself relax or get dulled out in that sense then, but Otherwise, you really do take away more than it, it doesn't take away more than it gives, honestly. And yeah, I told him like, listen, I'm worried. I'm worried that because of how much I approach anyone, I just talk to people in general. It's making me feel like talking to people isn't as sacred as it is, you know. But it also hit me like when I was in the airplane. I met two lovely people in the airplane sitting next to me. Fantastic, lovely people. I'm going to meet them again, I think. I have to still add them on Facebook. They gave me their name and I still haven't added them. Today's Friday, by the way, close to midnight, 11 p.m. And I think this is the gorillas. This is mine. It's uh, Khalid Yassin's order, I think. It was ordered 10 minutes ago. Uh, yep. Yeah, thanks. Thank you so much. Thank you. You too. So, that really is a mini watermelon I got. Uh, uh, yeah. I met lovely people on the airplane, but I was thinking like all of these people have beating hearts, you know, on the plane uh, or in the airport. You know, I really looked at all these people, they all have hearts, they all have eyes, they all have, they can all, mostly all of them speak, you know, so like literally anyone you talk to of them actually has, has a voice, you know, and you could have information from them. They have a story, they have everything, like they're, they're real people, all of them. So I think the idea of being able to talk to anyone in itself is sacred, uh, and it's what you make of it, you know. But maybe just some experiences I've had in Berlin or whatnot just made me feel like uh, it's a little not so so worth it, uh, or makes you feel bad after a while. But you you like every time I saw rejection, it always made me feel like I can be more true, more honest, and more myself. You know. So I said that to him in whatever way I did, and he told me back, "It's like that might be true, it might be, you know." Uh, less pure, let's say, but it's your job to make it sacred afterwards if it does work out, you know? And I looked at him and I was like, nice, you know, that's a nice way to think about it or see it, you know, it's not bad at all, actually. And uh, respect. So I saw this girl and I just loved how she spoke, how she thought, how I could really see that she came, like she had a good heart and she could think for herself in a nice way and, and how I also had the feeling at the beginning that just, she's, I found her very attractive, but also she's unique looking, you know? And I thought just because of the uniqueness or how she's, She's talking quickly and she's going through a lot of points that she thinks about. And I felt like that's like something that maybe holds her back from uh, people being able to be romantic with her at some moments because, you know, she's talking and she's a character and everything. But that just attracted me so much that after finishing the rosé and getting up to go on our walk, to continue our walk, I immediately just walked, took a few steps towards her and kissed her and she kissed me back so nicely. 
and it was so nice. And then I gave her gum afterwards, and we walked, and the gum was so strong <laughs> that she was like, "Shit, this is really strong gum." I was like, "Yeah." Uh, and then uh, when I first saw her, she was like speaking quickly, actually. But the first thing I did, we were passing a tree, and I was like, "Oh, we can limbo here." And I started doing the limbo. Oh, you know the limbo? And then I did the limbo under the tree. And then we continued. And then she gave me nuts because she was hungry and on her way. And she had nuts. So I immediately took them. And I was like, yeah, nice. I love nuts. And then she told me how she studies in Amsterdam and then drugs. Talked about drugs. <laughs> she was so open to talk about them. And uh, yeah, I looked right next to the main station. So there's trains every now and then, right? Yeah, I'm going to sit out here and just drink the sparkling water that I got. And upstairs, like, eat the watermelon and some cheese after the gym. It was so nice, like, uh, just did almost full body exercise. And, ah, they just gave me a banana with the order. Incredible, I wanted one. Oh, shit, because they deliver it by bike, the water. It's a bit, uh, Okay. Uh, yeah. We continued walking. Or let me just say that I really, the last three days, have been recovering from the trip. You know, coming back and coming straight into work. It's not so bad. I just haven't had a good grasp of my sleep how I'm sleeping, how I'm waking up, uh, doing something good for me, like reading or focusing on something, and then just looking at a screen all day to do a job you really don't like, and you know you're going to lose sooner than later, you know? So you stop giving a fuck, you know? And you... I stopped writing, too, so much the last four days, which, is, which isn't a problem, because I've been writing like crazy all this time. And I'm writing a lot about writing, and I wrote so much about it, about how I'm writing right now, which is incredible. And I just want the space to sit down with it. I think that's still the thing that will always uh, be something you need time for. You know, I think you can write and write and write, but eventually you do need to take space where you can just go through your writing and redigest it again. You know, you take it in and redigest it again. You filter it again, and then. You continue. So I wrote a lot about writing, and I think I can compile it into something incredible. And it's structured nicely, and it came out of me so well. Uh, what happened was I was working. I had a task to do, but then I just felt like writing um, for five minutes, literally. And take this as a lesson, whoever is listening, if you're 18 minutes into this, into my life, like... Just this, I took five minutes out of my life to follow a creative impulse. And I wrote for five minutes uh, in the most dangerous writing app where you put a timer and you just have to write. And I was writing into a chapter of my book called Pathways to Being, which is mainly talking about how there's so many pathways to everything and how they can lead to something meaningful or lead to just where you are and... Um, who knows what that means? And it's basically uh, my life as a metaphor. And then I went from that and talking about how I'm in a place right now where I'm writing six books at the same time. And I have all of these methods where I'm thinking about the process of how I'm writing. And uh, it's all I think about all fucking day long, every single day, you know? All I fucking think about is writing and how I want to be a successful author. And it's not... Any, like my mind isn't anywhere else unless like I'm with people or uh, like I'm I am present you know but it's just always there and I realize in the gym now that I I love realizing it as a truth you know I love rethinking it and being like this is where it's happening or where it's going and I'm thinking about narratives and stories and characters and Sorry about that. It is uh, sparkling water. 
so yeah, narrative. Um, like I love being in that space, you know, repeating that over and over again, you know, and knowing it and reiterating it. And I don't need to reiterate it to anyone, you know. And I said that I mentioned to Georgia that I, I'm a writer, you know, right? And uh, I mentioned to the girl that I'm a writer and I don't want to be identified as, as one because then you have expectation, you have judgment and then you start looking at your work in a weird way and I also need to see that and detach from that because it doesn't matter, you know, I need to just be be myself regardless of whatever, I need to just sit down with it as it is regardless of what I think I'm thinking which I'm capable of, you know and I think you could be, anyone can be capable of it if they just sit with their stuff so what happened was I wrote for five minutes and then I realized that shit, all I think about is writing. So I want to write about writing. And then I opened up a Google Doc and I wrote, you know, on writing. And I didn't stop writing for four hours straight, four or five hours straight. I did not stop. I just wrote. And every time I wrote, I finished the chapter and I was writing about how I was going to write the book on writing as I was writing it. And I just put all, all the information in uh, and then like, oh, these are the tools I'm using, oh, writing is a filtering process, oh, it's also about redigestion, and you take what you wrote and you, it comes out of you again in a different way, in a different place, and how you have to trust, and how you have to find your voice, and how you, all of everything that has to do with what I think about writing right now, uh, with screenshots, with uh, screenshots of the book on writing while I'm writing it, all of that. Uh, and I just wrote for four or five hours straight. I told myself I'd limit it to 50 pages. And then I stopped writing at some point. You know, it was like good enough. I went to bed, sat down and reflected actually uh, by myself and then went to bed. And then the next day or the day after that, the next day I wrote for another three hours in the morning before going to work because uh, not so much was going on in work. And then, uh, and then, like those three hours were incredible. I had one song on repeat on the floor on my phone and I just kept going. And then a day later or two days later, uh, no, that same night, no, the next day, so that was Thursday and then Friday, I continued and then Saturday, I was in the courtyard working out in this uh, calisthenics park close to my house and I ran into this guy with a doubled ace tattoo on his chest. His name is Marvin. I love this guy. He's great. We talked a bit, uh, talked about poker, talked about his life, talked about mine. And then he invited me to go to the lake with him and we jumped into the lake together. We drove with his car. Uh, he gave me some good points about what he thinks about the Israeli conflict. Um, but if you say conflict, Palestinians are going to get mad at you, apparently, because they got mad at me, because that helps them getting mad at me, you know, in the grand scheme of, of, of things. And, um, yeah, uh, then we went and had dinner together, talked about everything from uh, sexual energy to our jobs and our lives and who we are. He's 33, though. Um, and I'm 20, I was 24, turning 25. I'm going to Greece for my birthday. I'm glad I celebrated my 25th on, in Greece and Athens, you know, it's nice. Although, like, I got absolutely broke in Greece. I got completely, completely broke. Um, it's like I had 200 euros in my investment account. I was buying crypto that I could take out, um, but I couldn't log into the crypto account except through my laptop. And I couldn't take it out, and I had like 100 euros in my account that all went puff when I was in Athens, and Johannes covered me with a lot. And on the last day where I was coming back, on Monday morning, after an incredible night out with Johannes um, and her, I came back at home at like four in the morning, got up at nine, slept like shit. Then I checked the regulations to go to go home here, and I had to have a COVID test. 
I had to have a test, a negative test, PCR, and I didn't have one. I was like, fuck, you know, if I want to go get one, uh, has to be an express one that comes out in like four hours, and that's going to cost me 80 euros. I have nothing in my bank account, nothing. <laughs> I left Athens with half a euro, 50 cents in my bank account. Um, and I tried to find a free one, and I couldn't. And I wasn't going to spend 80 or 90 euros on as a test. I just wasn't. You know, I really just wasn't. So I just went online. Johannes was like, just, you know, go online and use, use a PDF editor, you know. That's exactly what I did. I edited it, uh, removed the dates, put the dates out, you know, but as if I got tested the day before. And it's a German one, too, you know. It's not uh, Greek. Um, I noticed that, like, I, it took me a while to get it right, where the new dates replaced all the old ones, and and I had, like, everything in one line, and uh, everything in one line, and the text that I added in the new dates were sharper than the older ones, for sure much, much sharper, but whatever, I took a screenshot of that and then showed them the screenshots of the tests uh, in the airport so that they can't look around so much, you know, and uh, only a little bit showed, but like really all she saw was my name, the word negative in green and the date, and she was like, oh nice, come in. But I was, you know, gonna shit myself, but I was also okay with it because it had to work, you know, didn't have another option. It's either that or I stay stuck in Greece with uh, no money, no laptop, I have work tomorrow, I'm fucked, you know? So I was like, this has to work. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I'm the gym right now, I have to go, I have to have a test, I just faked another one. And I mean, I don't give a shit because I had the virus uh, less than, you know, seven months ago. And fuck all of you for trying to limit me, you know? I'm not going to have to take a test every time I want to go to the gym or whatever and fuck you. Uh, and how much do people really pay attention to anything really? I know it's a crime. I know it's forgery. I had to upload my test uh, to check in online for Ryanair. So they have a, they have a digital copy of my forged uh, document, which is horrible because I noticed afterwards that I changed four or five dates, let's say four dates on the document, and I changed them to, the, to that date. But there was one date on the second page that I didn't change. That was still the one that I originally took, which was like the 10th of June. But it's in German and it's Ryanair and there's millions of people traveling and who, who the fuck is paying attention, really? Um, but if they do, I'm fucked, you know? But anyhow, they probably really won't. Because, like, when you work in operations, you really do understand how fast things are moving and how people have to pay attention to all of these things, and it's just a uh, mess, right? I really should message my boss about the fact that uh, we had that conversation uh, with work and everything. And, but I don't know what outcome I want. I don't care if I leave the job. I don't care if I stay. I generally just want to have money in the job, you know, and I'm not motivated at all to continue working in a place that doesn't appreciate me or doesn't want to help me grow. And um, that's the truth, you know, that's the truth. Uh, it's not like I'm a cost uh, completely. I am doing my job. I'm doing my job description. So shut the fuck up. But like it's 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 you grow so much from being in places you don't fit well in. And that's a really nice point, I think. You grow so much when you don't fit. Uh, especially if you really see that and you sure you can try and adapt, but you're still trying to listen to how you don't fit and who you are. And seeing the contrast and how people are different in a city like Athens compared to Berlin and Noticing that places can be different and you can be different in different places and different spaces and all of that breathes a um, new breath of hope into you, you know, for sure. Breathes a new breath of hope and me and Johannes talked about that and pointed it out 
And he's like, Khalid, like, you really deserve this now, you know, to, to be in a place where you got to express yourself more in that way. And I agreed, you know, because, like, I have a lot of people in Berlin I love, but uh, still, you know, it's a tough place sometimes. It's a really tough place sometimes. And, yeah, well, everyone has, like, this tough face. And I told her, I told uh, I told her that, like, I don't like Berlin so much. She's like, well, everyone loves Berlin. Yeah, there's a lot of nice things about it, but I still think it's generally shit. So, again, I uh, just want to reiterate, she's fucking lovely, how she is, how she talks, how she smiles, how she laughs, how she thinks, just everything. I don't want to fall in love so quickly like I always do, you know, But uh, and I don't want to over-romanticize and make things so much bigger than what they are, but I'd love to visit her in Amsterdam and, and just see her and just hang out with her and, and everything. I don't care so much if she visits me here. Um, uh, right now, but um, I love, and I wrote this down and how to really reflect because I was really drunk the night with her and I was really present with her as I was with her and uh, it was a, sorry, it was a magical night in its own right, uh, I really think so, And but like, how you experience something, let's say, incredible, then you just want to cling to it again, you know? You want to repeat it again and again and again in your mind. You want to see it over and over again in your mind. And it's already unclear and hazy because you were drunk and you didn't sleep well and your memory didn't consolidate properly and everything. And you don't want to miss out on things that she said because you want to remember who she is and how she looked like and what happened and how it happened and the feeling you had together and was it real? What is she going to feel later? What am I feeling right now? How much do we get to know each other? Um, how much do we continue expressing uh, emotions or feelings, even though, or considering we've only known each other for such a long time? And uh, what feelings does that create? You don't want to over-dramatize um, or over-romanticize things, which I tend to do. You know, and I tend to want to explain my thought process to, to girls or, or people. And it's just like, just fucking be who you are and relax. The you that you are and the you that you know you are, Khaled, is the one that's inner, innerly silent and unmoving. The one that does not care if anyone is there or not. The one that will move silently with itself and with the people that decide to stay forward, you know, and continue whether it believes or not. So embody that silence and be okay with it. Uh, be okay with that silence because you're just creating space and filling it in with nonsense for no reason and pushing that space onto other people for their validation of something that already isn't real, you know? So of course that's not going to help you in any way. So like silence and just like casualness uh, is your best friend. And just talking like a fucking human being instead of overcomplicating every single thing. But of course, like you start thinking thoughts of for the next two and a half months until she's in Amsterdam and maybe I could go visit her. Do I try and flirt with other girls? Do I try and see other women? But like even immediately after not seeing her, any other woman I saw just really paled in comparison. No one, like I might see someone I think Oh, it was hot, but I never felt like, oh, this is someone I, I want to absolutely be near to. Like, I want to be absolutely near to her, you know? So, yeah, it's um, it's a chance to reflect, really. And I really am looking at everything right now as a chance to see what I can see from it instead of be so much into it, you know, like uh, so desperate of, of getting something to happen or work out in a certain way. Instead, I reflect on it, think, you know, wh what is this? Which is a great meditative technique that Johannes told me on the trip. What is this really? Whatever you think, ask yourself calmly, what is this? And just see that even if you lose her, even if you lose anybody, whatever, you, you are what stays with you at the end of the day, you know? And what will stay with me is the understanding of myself in these situations where I feel like this emotional um, outburst, let's say. 
and um, emotional ups and downs or whatever, you know. And you, I downed, I downed massively like the last three, four days after coming back. Stayed home. I didn't go out much. I had to technically quarantine, so I couldn't go to the office. Uh, I had to technically quarantine for five days. I have to do a test tomorrow and upload it online so that uh, the government doesn't fuck with me anymore. And if they visited the last few days and I wasn't home, which was really rare, uh, I'd, I'd have been fucked, you know, I'd have been fucked royally. My dad's waiting for me to call him. But, yeah, so... Yeah, I think I'll lose the job soon, but it's fine. I'll try to save at least the salary, maybe the next one. But if I am fired, so I'm not going to leave the job myself, I have insurance that sends me then money, unemployment uh, benefit every month, uh, like 1,200 euros, which isn't really enough to live off. And then I get to focus on myself, my writing, being in Berlin, being alive, you know, finding another job that I like, maybe learning something that I think is important to learn. Having a job is nice, but having having a job that you do and you know your brain doesn't fit in, where you're held to expectations that you know you aren't, where you're doubting your skills and capability every day isn't isn't the best place to be. But it certainly helps you grow your ego, you know, like uh, it certainly helps you feel like uh Yeah, you you burn you burn every day, but but this burning you're burning for something that's really temporary. Like you'll lose this job and move move away from it later and go to different places and different things. You'll all you'll take uh, is the money that you saved. Sure, if you saved any at all, most maybe some items. You know, you don't really items don't go along with you so so much so well. But what you have is what you learned inside, you know, what you've made a part of you um, with how to approach people, how to maintain your energy, how to how to make something happen, make sure that it happens, align people on it, you know, stuff like that. Um, that's a lot of what project management really is, actually, like coordinating until making sure something gets done. That's really it. Um, yeah, I saw a lot in Athens, but now I know. Like, I hope I, I hope I would do visit it again in the future, and when I visit it again, I'll know how to navigate a bit more. You know, we had a little amount of time in a big city, and we we had to, you know, limit what we do, and we didn't have all the money in the world. But all I can say is they have beautiful women, they have good food. And I met someone I think is special, and I hope I get to experience some more things with, but it's also really fine if I don't. And I don't care so much. I want to go back home, talk to my dad, meditate, and, and you know, work on what I work on. One more thing I think, one more thing I think is so important to talk about um, is how yesterday she had pebbles, um, and I had to take them out, and it felt fucking lovely. And I held her, and she was so close, and we had broken into a schoolyard three in the morning. She had to go home, and she was worried about her parents tomorrow. I held her close, and I held her closer, and she was the first woman I ever, like, really really touched and held and kissed that way. I looked at her, I kissed her, I kissed her, and I really kissed her. I held her close and she was wearing like this uh, top that she took off and she held my chest and just looked at it and looked at me and I looked at her body so close. and. I was lost in her, I was a bit drunk, you know, and I looked at her and I I was completely, completely in love in that moment with what was happening. And I looked at her and I said that, you know, I told her I love you. And then I was like, but uh, <laughs> I wanted to like say like, oh shit, you know, that's not like what I meant. Uh, she just looked at me and 
she very calmly her head how her head nods and moves so tiny movements that are easy that are weightless in a sense I love it and she looked at me and said it's fine I understand and I just kissed her more you know held her closer she went like we were on a bench and she went backwards and I held her from her back and I had to hold with my left hand the bench and I held like if I didn't hold myself with the bench with my left hand, we would both fall in like big time. And she was like, "Oh, I thought I thought you would uh, hold me or catch me." You know, and I was like, "You know, shit, I need to catch myself first. And you know, I'm glad that you like you you caught on to me. You know, because she held on to my shoulders, so she didn't fall off completely. And we were just so close and playful and around, uh, and it was just nice." Um, before we got to the schoolyard, I told her I had cancer before, that I went through chemo and lost my hair and everything. I don't know if she remembers that. And I'm not sure, but it was it was lovely. I told her she was the first girl I really kissed that way, and uh, she was like, I find that hard to believe. Oh, I find that hard to believe. And I was like, no, I'm serious. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, I don't know, I don't think I'm going to get into the past and not me welcome today, and I don't think it's going to happen. Um... It's nice having summer and just being able to be outside without freezing your ass off. Put a lot of things I have on eBay that I want to sell. I want to put more stuff on eBay I want to sell. I just feel like... Why do I feel this way? You know, like... If I can't maintain something consistent, I have to break it down. Try to make it something else if the world doesn't do that for me first, you know? Or I do it and because the world is going to do it for me soon. Or I don't know. I prefer to be living in a cheaper place that's more lively, but also quiet when I need it to be. More so than where I'm living now. But I think all I really want to do is enjoy good food. Cooked well. So I get my paycheck in uh, end of next week. I have a good amount of money in my bank account now that I took those 200 euros out of uh, that account I had to sell because it actually bought something that I had set on a price and now I, I, I had to sell it again and get it back but I sold it at uh, like 15% 20% profit I'd say margin and um, just shows you like crypto how the waves really move up and down and how you just really need to be aware of them you know and uh, it's not like, oh, you put money and just wait five years, because that's what I was planning. It's really cyclical, but you have to think in like smaller intervals and just be comfortable with acting on them. And uh, just be comfortable with acting on them. Uh, going going through with it, being patient with it, knowing it, understanding it, listening, uh, not regretting, you know, just being okay with it. Uh, yeah, so part of me, like I'm gonna explore what I do explore but a part of me just wants to be hers very comfortable with that you know and I'd love to just love her and keep loving her but uh, at the same time that I know and I notice that the best kind of love I can show her is when I'm near her in whatever sense but like physically and like next to you um 
what is it that I want? It's freedom of mind and body. So I told her that. A part of me, which is funny, I'll mention it just because it's funny, not because it's anything else, um, is when you tell someone who you are, someone you believe, and then you're afraid of them doubting you, you're afraid of being a fraud, you know? Um, only saying this because it's 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 a point of awareness, it's not because I believe it or think it, you know, it's important to mention. Um, but I did have that feeling, like, where I, I didn't want to have her think that I'm just saying that I'm a writer, you know? No, I am. And a writer doubts their craft so much, it's insane, until they really don't. Because you think, like, all I'm doing is putting words together, you know? Anyone can talk, anyone can write. Not anyone can really write something incredible very, very well. And that's the distinction. And you need to live with that. And even though I didn't write the last four days, and maybe I don't know in what direction I should write now, what I know I need to do is sit down with my writing. Sit down with what I wrote for how the smoke dances. To sit down with what I wrote for how the smoke dances really works to me. Uh, scenes really more than more than just fragments have years and have scenes in those years and appropriate names that outline what happened in those scenes and then shape it like that and just like sit with it you know, and have it organized like that and sit with it every now and then sit with it every now and then so much has happened the last four years of my life, at least even the last two, you know, since arriving in Berlin. Uh, meeting the people I met in COVID, and then um, uh, the jobs, people coming and going, people who stay. People who stay are amazing. People that I've seen stay are incredible. I love them, you know? And I'm glad that I get to attract these kinds of people in my life and keep them. Um, but it only comes, it's, it's a really patient process, I'll say that. And it only comes by you being you and trusting, exploring, and being open to things. But you can't be open always. You have to be okay with that, and uh, sometimes randomness happens, and sometimes intuition happens, and I mean, your state is always changing, and everything's state is always changing all the time. So when alignment alignment happens, it happens when it happens, you know? Sometimes you have the courage or the heart to strike uh, intuitive conversation with someone next to you where it really feels real. Other times, it, you might really feel fake and you don't want to talk to anyone or you do talk to someone but it feels like you're forcing so much or but like I have to think for myself because this is my experience you know I, I don't know what your experience is but sometimes I feel like uh, how you feel in this world is very important Marvin told me this like it's not so much what you think what you think can influence how you feel but at the end of the day it's really how how you really down down to your core believe and feel uh, is, is the truth of what's happening, is how you'll physically and mentally respond, and, and then the world reacts in its way, right? So that's the truth. Um, it's like how I feel and how I interact with things in my own life and how that changes, that's you know my awareness and my... Sometimes it feels really real, sometimes it doesn't, but sometimes even when it doesn't, it works out, and sometimes even when it's real, it doesn't work out, and who the fuck knows? Who the shit knows what's right or wrong? It's just things moving, and as they're moving, things happen and keep happening, and something's sticking, something's gone, and it just keeps happening and going, it's fine. 
and you just need to keep moving with it. Um, this is this is uh, part of it, you know. You have to really be able to accept everything as it is immediately as it happens, and then really let it go when it goes. It might come back, it might not, uh, whatever the fuck, you know. But just stillness and patience and pure reflectiveness, and moment to moment, and moving forward. Wow. Um, yeah, we have a company event coming up where everyone wants to go on a boat and party, I think. Um, I'm sometimes funny at work. I wrote I wrote recommendations of things we can do for this party, and I was like, number one, boat party. Number two, uh, I don't know, paintball, skydiving, and then like number six was very casually, or number seven was very casually, rob a bank, and then number eight was uh, yeah, something else like real. Um, and we had a talk with the team like a few hours after I wrote that comment and then like one of the women, Maya, she's the marketing manager, she jumped out and she was just like, Khalid, when I saw your message rob a bank, I died. I died. <laughs> I died. And that made me laugh so much. That made me so happy. Uh, she's such a bubbly, positive full of energy person, it's insane, she's from Slovenia, she's so like uh, smart, but so energetic, but so also Slovenian, you know, uh, a little older too, but very, very positive uh, person, uh, Maya, her dog died, appreciate her, appreciate uh, most of my coworkers, really fantastic people like David and Harini, uh, Shilpa, all all of them, like uh, fantastic, heartful people, uh, good people doing their thing, and like I'm getting along with all of them really well, and I'm seeing David like very often, you know, made like good friends with him. I'm gonna see him on Sunday. We're gonna go to the beach together uh, with some other coworkers, and um, I want to see what we can do. I'm gonna try and like wake up early, and maybe have a good breakfast and bounce. Uh, really early. I want to try and wake up tomorrow really early, like have five hours of sleep, you know, and wake up and go out to the gym again, and go grocery shopping, get like water bottles because I really see that uh, the water I'm drinking from the tap isn't making me feel like I'm drinking anything at all, ever. But some types of water I drink in water bottles really hits the spot, you know. And makes me feel clearer and calmer. And I really do think the water I drink really affects how I act and behave and feel. And in Greece, most of the time we were drinking really good bottled water. Uh, so it's always kept me kept me energetic in a nice way. I sent uh, Jude Vernon, everything I wrote for Vernon. But I'm also thinking about revamping the entire story with how I really want it to be and how... It would have that, have a touch darker, be a touch darker from beginning to end, uh, to have that frame. Because I've, I think I've, I think I've made it. I think it's intense as is, is what I've written. But also, uh, even if it is intense, it lacks a layer of. This is really dark. What's going on? You know where it's just a subtle hint. And I've been thinking of, oh, maybe I'll finally find the thread of uh, how I can make that reality one day. But uh, the characters need to be themselves, you know? And it's interesting, like, when you're writing how it's your, your character and the characters are you, and then they change, and you're changing, and they become more themselves, you become more you, and... You figure them out more, they figure you out more, and then you kill yourself, you know, because fuck everything. 
Um, <laughs> yeah, Slaughtermelon is so small that they brought the banana blades, which is fucking awesome. They really do their marketing right, these people. They're like, uh, go bananas on us. <laughs> With love. And they just gave me a banana extra. It's fucking incredible. And it's a fucking nice banana. Uh, I think I'm gonna start ordering bananas from them more. How they do their marketing is incredible. Like, whoever's the marketing manager at this company is like, touche. Respect. Um, gorillas, like, really look into how they did their marketing in Berlin when they opened up. If that's ever a uh, thing, you know? In the future, they might exist, they might not exist in the future, but check that out. I think how they're doing it is incredible. And it really fits the culture. So, yeah, that was incredible. Um, I don't know what I was saying on the point before, but I wanted to continue on that. Ah, characters, Vernon. I sent her Vernon. And the other day I got high for the first time in like a month. And I was thinking to myself, like, like Vernon feels like in a weird space for me, right? It feels like, I um like it feels malleable like if I sit down with it really you know I can really change it but it also feels really rigid it also feels like at the same time that I can't you know I have that in my head um it's like a demon in my head like a fog blocker in my head but also like it's not there you know it's an interesting feeling but it's with Jude now and I could change stuff and I have the inspiration to and I'm so grateful what I did notice the other day. I'm just so grateful for everything that I have written, for anything that I've written ever, you know? Because as you write it, maybe you don't see how much value there is in it so much, but you're always trying to put it in the right place or put it in, in, in context or write in a certain direction or a certain scene, whatever. And then you, you forget about it. You really do forget about it. And you read it again and you're like, oh shit, you know? Uh, I wrote this. I really did, and I didn't just write it. Uh, it's 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 like planting something in me again of what I wrote that that breathes something into me again that I didn't know, that helps me see things again clearer and more wider in this creative direction. So whatever whatever I wrote from any scene in Vernon that I get to look at again, you know, later, um, you know, I'm like. I'm so glad that whatever, instead of doing whatever else I could be doing in my life, at that moment in time, I sat down and I wrote. And that's so, so important, you know, to realize and appreciate and, and be happy about, because it really is incredible. Um, the, the only underside to it is when you start thinking, uh, oh shit, what if I wrote more, you know? <laughs> what if I sat more with it? What if I took more time out of my days, what if I was waking up earlier, what if, and you go into that trap, you know, and uh, you, you do, you end up having to, you know, you're a writer and you're aware of what you feel and what you go through, and it's fine, but uh, really still be grateful for what did come out, as it did, because a lot did come out, so much did. Sure, maybe not completely complete, sure, maybe not, but I'm still incomplete, and I'm still growing, and I'm still just trying my best to be better. And one day, these things will, for what it's worth, be complete, but I'll still also be incomplete, you know? But more complete in that sense, where I can, where I have things reaching completion, I can see that happen and grow and everything. But I will not doubt that I can create something incredible and have it fucking everywhere, you know, no matter what. Um, don't have to be, doesn't matter if I'm younger or older, but uh, all I know is that I'm doing it and the process is moving and I'm happening. So appreciate that you've written and take the time in the moments where you don't know or feel in which direction that you can write to sit down with your writing again. Sit down with what you've written and look at it and see what you what it shows you and see what you see and see what you feel. Because all all that all that you can ever write is what you are. And what comes out of you in that state and in that moment from from everything else that you are. 
So don't uh, forget that. Don't let that go. Forget that you're you and uh, love everything. Love the world. Uh, remember that you have the space to go somewhere different and see something new. If that doesn't happen today, it can happen tomorrow. And you can always plan in advance how, you know, the more you live, the more you understand those waves. Um, because I looked the other day and I was like, I could have planned out summer maybe a bit better. Sure, I have the trip. I had the trip with Johannes last week, and, and I'll have the trip with uh, Johannes and Jan in July to Milan. But also, like, I would have loved uh, some more organized trips in more desolate places where it's more nature and quiet, and not so many people, and calmer. Um, and more activities that I like that are planned out. But then again, well, there was a pandemic, and as you know, which was like close to ending, hopefully. But also, life and my back and uh, a lot of everything, you know. So don't be so hard on yourself. And when you're there, be there. And when you're not, don't worry so much. Be still, and I'm saying this to me as much as I'm saying it to anyone. Uh, breathe, love, and you'll have the chance to plan amazing things with amazing people and just be the type of person who can stand there and be dependable, you know, and be someone who can also enjoy their time and have fun. Call you that.